0: Hello, everyone. and Welcome to Classic Vinyl Podcast. We're your hosts, Justin and Tyler. How are you doing, Tyler? Thank you again for having me. I'm doing quite well. Well, it's
1: good to have you here. Thank you. It's a privilege, as always. Well, it's a
0: privilege to have you here. That's not
1: true. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: pretty close. So tonight, we're going to review Grand Funk Railroad, their second album, Grand Funk, uh, commonly referred to as the Red Album. Or the Funk something like that
1: this isn't funk though
0: no it's not funk
1: no this isn't this isn't what you would call funk music
0: no it's it's epitomizes the rock and roll of the 70s without a doubt (laughs) boy i'll say these guys uh are the
1: image of 1970s rock and roll
0: so let me start i'm going to give a little history of the band uh just to kind of keep people up to date on them that don't know they were formed right here in the great USFA a in Flint Michigan in 1969 back when the water was decent there allegedly allegedly <laughs> yeah
1: or at least before the government uh, tried covering up that it wasn't decent there
0: well you know and many people say and I completely agree with this is you cannot talk about rock and roll from the 1970s without mentioning Grand Funk Railroad I I believe that's true. Yeah, and I love 70s rock, and I'm a huge Grand Funk Railroad fan. Um, There's a couple things that bother me about the, I shouldn't say the band, but what's happened with the band is they've kind of been erased by a lot of people over time. You know, bands like Led Zeppelin Mm -hmm. and those guys have, you know, they're bigger than ever. Mm -hmm. And these guys were right on track with Led Zeppelin as far as, you know one of the biggest bands in the 70s and really it's just unfortunate that you know like we've talked about it many a times as time goes by somehow certain bands are put up on a pedestal mm-hmm. and certain bands just kind of fade away and it's unfortunate that uh, mm-hmm. grand funk is kind of one of those
1: yeah they because they're new to me i i haven't heard of them before yeah, but yeah. now that i have heard them yeah, this is very iconic of the 70s. Yeah, and
0: I, and I know you're familiar with some of their later songs. You may not know it's mm-hmm. them that sings them, but let me go through the, through kind of the rundown. So, you know, they've been touring for like almost 55 years now, multiple lineups, but they originally started as the power trio of Mark Farner, who is guitars, keyboards, harmonica, and lead vocals, uh, Mel Shocker, who is bass, and Don Brewer, who was drums and lead vocals later on. Uh, and like I said, they were a power trio, very, very comparable to Cream, uh mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix experience like that, you know. And yeah. as they tour now, uh, Shaker and uh, Don Brewer are still in the band. Uh, Mark Farner's no longer with the band, which is unfortunate. Uh, mm-hmm. The lead singer now is Max Carl, who is a veteran from 38 Special. Oh. So still a good singer but it's not mark Farner and as we'll find out later on the red album that we're reviewing tonight Mark Farner writes pretty much everything but mm-hmm. one cover song and he sings everything mm-hmm. and so you know it's unfortunate he's not there but maybe one day right hey, he's
1: got a voice and uh it it's a really good one i I don't know what the issue is there why he's left the band but dang it he uh, Mr. Farner, if you get the band back together and uh, go in, and tour, we will uh, bring all of our listeners and, uh, and come see you.
0: Well, and I would love to see Grand Funk. Yeah. They're still touring, obviously, but I, I really don't want to see them without Mark Farner. To me, that's yeah. the key to it. And mm-hmm. hopefully that happens before they pass away, because unfortunately all the music I listen to and all the people I want to see, they're mm-hmm. starting to drop off. That's what happens. It you know? is. Mm-hmm. So Grand Funk uh, Railroad was actually a play on words. They were named after the Grand Trunk Western Railroad, which had a line that ran right through Flint, Michigan. Oh. <laughs> and so it was kind of funny because it's, you know, a lot of people were stealing the signs of the railroads and hanging them up, hanging them up in their rooms and mm-hmm. things at the time. It was quite quite nice. common. But, you know, one of the injustices for this band is that they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. True. And, you know, they've released six platinum albums and seven gold certified albums. And they released all these between 1969 and 1976, which isn't Mm -hmm. anything to balk about. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. They're very well known for their arena rock style. And, I mean, they've toured extensively for years. And, you know, they were big into the arena things. In fact, they equaled the Beatles at selling out Shea Stadium. 50,000 plus people. And they sold it out in less than 72 hours, which was quicker than the Beatles. Oh, my. So, you know, and even though they hadn't had a hit single in England, they sold out the Royal Albert Hall as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're a pretty impressive group, but time has kind of forgotten them a little bit. These guys should be in the rock and roll Hall fame, Considering the kind of people yeah. and artists that are, yes, they should be. They deserve it, and you know. So we go to their first album. It actually was certified gold. It it reached number twenty-seven in the U.S. It sold over a million copies. It was called On Time. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, historically, the critics did not like this band, and nobody can really explain why. But they just simply panned this band as a horrible band. But you know, I I think because they consider musically dumb Mm -hmm. is what I've read um yeah. just thought they were loud and annoying because they were the hard rock at the time but you know they're a, they really are a no bullshit mm-hmm. band mm-hmm. heavy rock band yeah for the working working class man yeah no sure. doubt about it and you know they they went directly their success is because they went directly to the working class man mm-hmm. and did the big tours and they you know, they basically went without the guidance of the so-called experts, right? Yeah, for sure. And screw them, because who needs them?
1: Yeah, that's one thing they've bro- uh, proven.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be reviewing their second album tonight, the The album titled Grand Funk, but it's commonly referred to as the Red Album, because it's red. Mm-hmm. But on their third album, Closer to Home, which Closer to Home is one of my favorite songs of theirs, but that album reached number 22 here in the U.S., number 21 in canada um and closer to home the single the song i liked reached number six on the billboard top 200. Uh, their next on uh, their fifth album e pluribus funk which is an amazing album name, <laughs> I love that, name. Uh, um, that album reached number five and the single off that album phoenix reached number seven and then an album you'll probably this will probably be fairly familiar to you we're an american band Mm -hmm. um which was the name of the album it reached number two in the u.s and then the single we're an american band reached number one so and it also had a single walk like a man that reached number 19 Mm -hmm. um so shining on was their eighth album and it reached number five and it had the um hit the locomotion on it which was hmm. it was a cover of a Jerry Goffin and carol King song and and that song also reached number 1 in the US and Canada so we've heard uh, their names before yes we have yeah. we've talked about them before so yeah. on their ninth album all the girls in the world beware mm-hmm. that album reached number 10 and it had some kind of wonderful on it which reached uh, number 3 and it had mm-hmm. also the single bad time which reached number 4 so you know they had four more albums after that, but not with as much chart success. Yeah. So it's amazing how much chart success they've had and how much touring success they've had, considering that they were panned so horribly by the critics and and for some reason it still continues today in a lot of you know you know in a mm-hmm. lot of ways and it's unfortunate because they are an amazing band.
1: Well, these guys uh, they know their fan base. Um, proving that you it's not the critics they're buying albums it's the the working man the yeah the uh, what the hairy unwashed huddled masses yeah those are the people they're buying and listening to the albums well, those not are the people that matter right yeah I don't even think the critics buy the albums that they uh, critique they're given them by them by the band saying oh please tell us what you think
0: well, if I think if you put yourself in the shoes and the time, Grand Funk, you know, there's certainly an instrumental band that played heavy and loud. Yeah. And I don't think that was received as well as other bands. And I, th- I think maybe maybe because their lyrics were a little ish at times, I think that played a part into it. Yeah. But that that part doesn't bother me at all because I love the music.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty sure if you put yourself in the shoes of the time they're going to be platform shoes most and likely. Platform boots. Yeah, these yeah, guys, yeah under bell bottoms, they're skin tight up top and super <laughs> wide on the bottom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean with with them being panned so horribly by critics, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, their success is You know, it's self-telling, right? Yeah. I mean, they're they're an amazing band. They're one of my favorite bands. I really do enjoy them. And, you know, I hope everybody else can, too. I mean, I I may consider myself to be a
1: critic and say, well, I don't like Elvis Presley. But at the same time, 50 million fans
0: can't be wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's what really matters, right? (laughs)
1: Exactly. And that's, uh, that's like kind of the theme of the Grand Funk Railroad. These guys are a people's band.
0: Yeah. So let's get on to the album. So, Grand Funk's second album, named so it's Grand Funk Railroad's second album, and mm-hmm. the name of the album was Grand Funk, but it's commonly referred to as the Red Album. Uh-huh. And I think anybody that's a Grand Funk Railroad fan knows what the Red Album is, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the blue one. It, no, it's not the blue one. Yeah. So, released at the end of December in 1969 by Capitol Records. Um, Of course, this consisted of the power trio of Mark Farner, Mel Shocker, and Don Brewer. And so they recorded this in Cleveland, and it was produced and engineered by Ken Hammond, who I've never heard of, but he did a good job. I think this album was, Mm -hmm. you know, I think they wanted to capture the live rock and roll, raw garage band type of feel Mm -hmm. and... If that's what they were going for. <laughs> they captured it. Yeah, they did a good job by it. Yeah. You know, and, and this, this album, like the band, was loved by the fans and hated by the critics. Yeah. This 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 album was panned. It's horrible by the critics. But you know, it did reach number eleven on the Billboard Top two hundred chart mm-hmm. with over a million copies sold which isn't shabby at all
1: yeah so i mean that's quite the middle finger to the critics
0: <laughs> yeah it really is yeah. you know i mean and really who cares what
1: you guys think we're people like us we're selling albums yeah
0: exactly and and like i said earlier you know it was heavily influenced by other power trios like cream and the Jimi hendrix experience mm-hmm. but there's certainly a heavier version of those and i do enjoy them more than cream and Jimi hendrix and yeah, they're pretty heavy. Yeah, and and this album really helped cement Grand Funk Railroad and their reputation as one of the heaviest bands of the era. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you just listened to it for the first time. Yeah, just just a minute ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah you can see why. Oh yeah,
1: these guys. I'll say one thing: that their instruments um, are well used.
0: <laughs> yeah, they. I, I think you get that in the trio in a power trio like yeah. this. Is I think that's one of the common things is that you have to you know showcase each instrument Mm -hmm. individually you don't have the other instruments you know multiple guitars and keyboards although they did use keyboards later on in their careers yeah but you know you've pretty much got drums bass guitar and every once in a while a harmonica yeah
1: that term showcase is the perfect term for this, because that's exactly what these guys do. Each one takes their turn going front and center and showing off, you know, uh, playing the crap out of the bass or the drums, and then going back to the, you know, playing the, the beat and the rhythm of the background while somebody else showcases
0: well and you know some people have said this about grand funk that they're very raw and live and kind of sloppy sounding Mm -hmm. which i actually 100 percent agree with sure but to me that's what makes them good it sounds like a good jam band that doesn't Mm -hmm. have to hit all the perfect notes but
1: it gives it character
0: yeah it sounds it -hmm. sounds amazing to me you know this album was really only a success in the u.s and canada and mildly in australia Mm-hmm. So, and they did only release one single off the album which is your so-called song Mr. Limousine Driver.
1: <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> it only reached
0: uh, 97 in the US on the Billboard charts and moderately better in Canada at 92. Mm-hmm. And the one thing about this album is the fuzzy bass. It's throughout this. I love it. I mean, this bass is fuzzed up all to hell and it it sounds good. It's yeah. it's what makes this album. I mean, yeah, so I think it's time to move on to the album mm-hmm. we'll get on to side one of the vinyl yep and it opens up with got this thing on the move Mm-hmm. and speaking of the fuzz bass this opens with the fuzz bass and it yeah. kind of plays the lead throughout the song right
1: maybe that's what the funk is is that fuzz on the bass it makes it all funky
0: i don't know i i really i, love en- it I really enjoy it now like most songs on mm-hmm. this album this one's written by and sang by mark farner mm-hmm. um It's this song's got good vocals on it. Like I said, I love the lead fuzz bass. It's got a good little guitar solo in the middle, and then the fuzz Mm -hmm. bass kicks in heavy again. Uh, You know, and right about halfway through the song, it has like a little breakdown, and and then it just turns into kind of a jam. Yeah, it's kind of a going theme with Grand Funk's, Mm -hmm. you know, songs, and especially. You know, if you enjoy these at all,
1: kind of like that that outro that's just uh, instrumental for the last couple minutes or so. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it, you know, it's it, these guys just can't help themselves but devolve into a jam session at the end of every song.
0: No, and and the one thing I can say, what I was gonna say is, if you like this, listen to this album, and like mm-hmm. it, then you need to listen to them live as well because oh, sure. they do. They're another band mm-hmm. similar to Ten Years After in that way, which i feel even though their album tracks are strong very strong and this is a very good album they play much better live Mm -hmm. because of that because they're a jam band they're very raw with everything they do they're very heavy and i I don't know it's pretty impressive to me especially going back in time as a trio you know you don't have all these other instruments you don't have backing tracks to fill out like they do now and and you know, auto tune on the vocals and different <laughs> things like that. This is a straight rock and roll band. You yeah. know that filled arenas worldwide. Mm-hmm. So mainly the U.S., but I mean they they you know they went straight to the fans and it it shows. But mm-hmm. their music's the reason for it, right? Well, yeah, these guys each one, each of them
1: is really talented at their instruments. Um, even uh, Mark Farner, maybe his lyric writing's not very strong, but his voice is incredible.
0: Yeah and and then we'll we'll talk about it. That's kind of a going theme throughout is the lyrics are pretty straightforward. They don't leave a lot to the imagination like some of the other bands we talked about, but Yeah, it's not very poetic. No, and you don't you know, you don't there's nothing really to read into. Most, there's a couple mm-hmm. of them, but most of them are pretty straightforward. So Yeah. This is a really good song to start the album off mm-hmm. of. It's strong. Yeah. The bass is strong. It's got good guitar work in it, and it breaks into that breakdown solo at the end and jams out, and mm-hmm. it's just an excellent song.
1: Well, and that bassist, um, let's see, Mel Sh- uh, Sh- Shocker? Yeah. Shocker, yeah.
0: Shocker, or shaker. Shaker, whatever. He,
1: uh, he plays the bass. He doesn't just, you know, thump it and keep the beat. He plays the yeah, bass. Yeah, kinda- Same with
0: the drummer. Kind of similar Don to Brewer, yeah. John Entwistle in the Who, where mm-hmm. the bass a lot of times is the main instrument. You know, it's yeah. Instead of having a lead guitar, you have mm-hmm. a lead bass, so the guitar can play the little licks oh, under it.
1: Totally, yeah. The yeah. bass is is the dominant in in plenty, just as much as the the drums are. Yeah, uh, these guys play every instrument that they're doing. They're not just using the drums to keep the beat and you know the rhythm here these guys are they're playing the crap out of their instruments
0: yeah they do an amazing job on this and i i love that song and it's a good it's a good start to the album without a doubt Mm -hmm. so we move on to the next song uh please don't worry about no jury yeah there's so many of us anyways Mm -hmm. so another song written by mark farner all those Mm -hmm. Although this time Don Brewer helped him write it, and it sang by Farner again. and well, Someone
1: had to hold the crayons. Right <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so this song, to me, by looking at the lyrics and listening to the lyrics, seems like kind of a fight, fight against the man, the young man yeah. blues type of thing. <laughs> you know, there, there's plenty of us yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and th- this is a rising generation
1: thing. This is a, a, a song from the 70s where you've got, you know, the... The crew cut, uh, you know, militaristic dad that's telling you, Hey, you know, pull up your pants and get a haircut. No, these guys are saying, just be yourself.
0: Do you think, I mean, how do you decipher, please don't worry about no jury? Do you think that's literal or do you think that's just,
1: uh, sometimes, but I, I mean, these guys are very literal. So probably they're saying get literally, don't worry about getting arrested. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a protest of the Vietnam War. I didn't really think about that, but uh, um, the it, it's just don't worry about being judged.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. And that's the way I take it more, mm-hmm. more along the lines of don't worry, you know, about being judged because there's so many of us anyways. So our yeah,
1: the man's our, always going to
0: tell you what to do,
1: but just be yourself anyway.
0: Yeah. So getting into the music on this song it's got the same fuzzy bass again on the Mm -hmm. intro which is amazing it it plays again like the lead on here um the lyrics are kind of rudimentary on this song but Mm -hmm. i think that's what makes it good yeah um and it's got an amazing guitar solo in this from uh mark farner oh yeah his licks are really cool yeah it's pretty short song but in my opinion you know it was kind of strange that uh they released mr limousine driver as mm-hmm. the single to me this song would have made much more sense as a single because it's kind of got a hook to it, and it yeah
1: I, I agree this one um, it's more relatable i'll tell you that mr limousine driver we'll we'll talk about that song later but it, uh it's not as relatable as this one although
0: it's pretty straightforward yeah
1: no it's very straightforward <laughs> but it's not relatable like like this song is, where, you know, everybody has been, you know, part of that uh, outcast or uh, unpopular crowd or, you know, uh, had their parents, you know, nagging them to act more like the previous generation
0: before them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's more relatable that way. Yeah. So let's move on to the next one. Highfalutin Woman. Aha. Now... Another song written by Farner and sang by Mark Farner as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a song apparently about a fast, pompous woman, you know, kind of a, I, I would say, well, fast is probably the best way to explain her. Oh,
1: yeah. And uh, uh, I was going to say, Mr. Farner, he really belts it out in this song.
0: It, yeah. Now, this this song, to me is the one this is probably my least favorite song on the album although i like it quite well (laughs) i know that sounds strange but i really like this album this song does remind me of 10 years after because it's more bluesy it's a heavier blues but it's more bluesy and this song Mm -hmm. sticks out to me is not really fitting in with the rest on the album as much
1: yeah um i'll tell you this is uh, the uh the the song uh writing is is bluesy but um, the 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 instrumentals aren't, and that's what's k- kind of cool about this band is that um, there's that dissonance of what they're singing about or what or what they're singing versus how they're playing, because a lot of their playing's just real peppy.
0: Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I really do enjoy this song. Mm-hmm. To me, it's just it kind of yeah. doesn't fit in as well. No. It's got an amazing heavy intro to it Mm -hmm. and like i said it's bluesy but it's it's like a heavy heavy blues Mm -hmm. it's got the fuzz bass in it again which it works perfect for me yeah you know i i think i want to record some something with that fuzz bass i really enjoy it
1: yeah and i guarantee you that uh all of these guys have sideburns and i'm pretty sure at least one of them has an afro
0: Hmm. I don't know about the Afro, but I'm pretty sure on the sideburns. Yeah. But I don't know how much sideburns made a difference because their hair was long, so you probably yeah. couldn't see their well, sideburns.
1: Uh, i, I got to say, these guys are just, you know, the 70s. <laughs> yeah, but... They've got uh, the wingtip collars, <laughs> open shirt with so gold you chains. And not you don't have a
0: clue what these guys look like either, I do you? I have no
1: idea. Yeah, because...
0: <laughs> but I feel like I can describe them. <laughs> because one thing we can say is... Out of all the albums we've reviewed, you've always known two, three songs off the albums. Sure. And you listened to this a little over an hour ago or whatever, yeah. and you'd never heard any of these songs.
1: Yeah, this is all of them. I mean, all of these are new to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're definitely going to have to listen to it a little more mm-hmm. to tell me what you think, because this mm-hmm. is an album to me that grows on you the more you listen to it. I believe that. Dude. And then you especially to appreciate it need to listen to it live as well. So. Yeah. So that moves us on to your song, or at least uh-huh. the song you turned to me and said was your song. <laughs> Mr. When we were Limousine listening. Driver. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Limousine Driver. Another song written by Farner and sang by Farner. Uh-huh. And the lyrics on this are straightforward as can be. <laughs> I'll say. Um, you know, ba- basically Farner explaining that he wants to have a good time with a groupie, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah.
1: Um, I, I wrote down here that uh, he should have also asked the... Um, Limousine driver to give him a jar of mayonnaise too, just to add some intrigue and make people wonder what. Did no wait Oh, you mean in the lyrics? In the lyrics, okay, yeah. Like cause... literally ask her because he's so straightforward. He's basically saying, "Hey, there's a girl over there." And he repeatedly
0: tells us you know you
1: yeah. need to open up the door yeah, and yeah, let yeah. her in
0: man yeah and then don't worry about what's going on in the back yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean it, it's it's pretty straightforward and yeah. as the limousine driver's trying to make it on time or whatever he's being paid to get him to the you know to the yeah stadium or wherever <laughs> it is at a certain yeah, time venue. And, <laughs> yeah and and farner's trying to get him to pull over and let this hot little chickadee in so he can have his way with her in the back of the limo
1: hot little chickadee is a great thing uh because that's uh, and i point that out just because the um the writing of this is so um reminiscent of the era that you, yeah. you've got certain eras and terms that were real popular at that time and you hear that uh throughout these guys's um music so, you know, calling girls chicks or chickadee. Yeah, that's very much a, a term of the time. Kind of like in the 80s, it would have been uh, gnarly or rad. Um, in the 90s to two, 2000s, the bomb was a big thing. And so I really get a kick out of hearing that kind of language that's real popular.
0: Well, so going into the the actual music of this song, it's it's got a good intro mm-hmm. with the bass and drums. And- yeah. it it starts with the bass and drums and then it kicks into the guitar and then it kicks into the fuzz bass again Mm -hmm. um funny enough i really like the singing harmonies on this and i think yeah mark farner i can say a few things about him he's not talked about very often with great guitarists and he should be he really should yeah but His, his picking is amazing yeah it's kind of messy in a mm-hmm. way, but like in a good way, because, you know, Clapton's messy. Jimmy Page is sure. way messy. Yeah. It, it just, it it's not a clean solo where he's hitting all the perfect notes, but it, mm-hmm. it sounds perfect. Yeah. And then on top of that, his singing isn't bad. And mm-hmm. this song has actually got some good harmonies in it. Yeah. So, you know, I think he's underrated as a singer as well yeah so and but he harmonizes in this with don brewer and to me it sounds good you know Mm -hmm. i i really like this song yeah um i I think it's a a must-have song on his album he he has this
1: lyric in there where he uh speaking of the language of the time um going back to that he said i know you know where it's at um you know saying hey you know what's up that would be our modern equivalent so I'm not sure that Mister Limousine Driver really does know what's up, because the whole it's a big, long, couple-minute-long song that he's telling him over and over again. Hey, um, it, you know, if he knows what's up, then why does he have to write a whole song telling him what to do? And I think that Mister Limousine Driver, he just doesn't get paid enough, in his estimation, to put up with this Rockstar's bullshit.
0: Well, that could be it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say, but this is the single that reached number ninety-seven in the U.S. and number ninety-two in Canada. So yeah. it didn't do really well as a single, but it's yeah. charted higher than any single I've ever released. Exactly, it's still a fun song. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, a, it's fun to listen, It's a fun though. song, and and this is where the lyrics are definitely more sophomoreish, and I don't mean yeah. that in a bad way. It's <laughs> just they're straightforward; they're not real in depth.
1: Yeah, I you know it, it's not your. Um he's not Cyrano de Bergerac trying to woo Roxanne <laughs> Roxanne is not uh, his target audience that's right a good there. way to put it <laughs> so just don't worry about what's going on in back yeah he, you know the kind of girl that's gonna be falling for these guys is oh
0: hey there's a guy in the limousine that says he likes my boobs yes yeah he's a rock star yeah let me in yeah <laughs> So that brings us to the next song that closes out side one on the album, which Mm -hmm. is in need. Yeah. Um, So this song um, is another song, of course, Mm -hmm. written and sang by Mark Farner. Uh, I take it as it's about moving on with your life, you Mm -hmm. know, getting older and moving on. Um, It's a straight jam song. It goes into a very long extended solo by Farner. Mm -hmm. Um, But to start off the song, you know, it's got a, good bass line on it uh but where i really like the bass about the middle of the song there's like a little bass solo like a mini Mm -hmm. solo and then it kicks in with the harmonicas and then it transitions into uh, you know the guitar so this song really showcases all of
1: the individual instruments the way that we were talking earlier
0: yeah it does and You know, I, I think if I have one complaint about this song, it's probably the lyrics. I find mm-hmm. the lyrics a tad bit corny in this song, but yeah. they don't really, it doesn't hurt the song for me because to me, this song is mm-hmm. the jam is what makes it good, you know, yeah. and from about the middle to the end of the song, it's a straight jam and I love the mm-hmm. pulsating bass line that's just oh, yeah. sitting there pulsating like a beating mm-hmm. heart you know because it it makes it feel like it's gently picking up the
1: tempo like speeding up but it never does it always holds back yeah like it does this really cool thing I, i i've never heard this before in a song and i i fell in love with it immediately it's like wow this is like it feels like it you're hitting the gas pedal and your engine's revving but you're it never red lines it, it never goes above like five you know <laughs>
0: well if ever but anybody's wondering about Mark Farner's guitar skills I mean listen not not only this album but this song you know the jamming he does towards the oh, end yeah. is amazing and mm-hmm. he's he's a highly underrated guitar player and mm-hmm. I think anyone that follows Grand Funk probably knows that oh in my notes here I wrote
1: this man says he can play guitar without ever uttering a word.
0: He shows you he can play the guitar. Well, and it's kind of funny you say that because Grand Funk, they've got a lot of good songs, right? A lot of good lyrics Mm -hmm. and things like that. Their lyrics do get a lot better moving on from this album, Mm -hmm. but what makes this stick out is the music. Yeah, They could easily be a jam band with Mm -hmm. no lyrics, and I would listen to them for sure you know but yeah. but sometimes the lyrics being straightforward is a good thing too because there's no deciphering into what they mean or whatever it's just a different thing you yeah. know it's just a different thing this is just a pure rock and roll band
1: mm-hmm. and once again it's using the language of the day the the lyric in there ain't nobody gonna know about my bread it's like <laughs> No, nobody can, i'm not gonna tell anybody how much i get paid but, yeah, yeah i like
0: using bread you just you just don't hear people say bread it's anymore, an old word, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> to describe money yeah <laughs> or coin yeah you know or something like that <laughs> yeah so, i yeah. should say and so now we're going to flip over to side two of the vinyl and it, it starts out with winter and my soul another song written by mark farner sang by mark farner you're gonna hear me say that quite a bit, mm-hmm. yeah. um, <laughs> you know. Basically, about sadness, about the winter coming on. You know, all the color yeah. changes, all the changes in the weather, everything, mm-hmm. and, and the depression it brings. Yeah, you know, that seasonal depression. Yeah. I don't know about you, like tons of people get it. Yeah, you know. I've kind of got it right now, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. But yeah, you know, and I, I've wondered if, you know. Th- it's kind of a euphemism for something else but knowing the way farner writes it probably isn't it's probably no, pretty he, straightforward it's
1: very straightforward and i think I, what i like about this song is the way that it's written it's um, it's very plain and straightforward and so i think it really is just that he's he gets the blues or gets um seasonal depression when winter comes on and the whole world gets blanketed with snow and everything's white and gray and black
0: well and something i didn't think no about <laughs> you know they're they're from flint michigan which has very similar winters yeah. to, to what we have here in mm-hmm. utah so you know that could be the same thing you know winter's yeah. coming on what are we going to do now you know this yeah. sucks and because there's it,
1: no grain there's no i mean you get
0: other size, other times of
1: the years you got flowers of all different colors yeah you got like you know gr- uh, fields of grain that are yellow and you got all these different colors blue skies and everything in the winter time everything's gray and black and white it's just so plain
0: So getting to the music on this, it starts with a decent intro. It's got an amazing bass line on it, but Mm -hmm. this is one of the few songs that the bass line doesn't fuzz up. It's just kind of standard bass, you know. Once again, it's it's that
1: uh, seasonal depression thing. (laughs) It's just so simple and plain, nothing fancy.
0: I can tell you something really interesting about this song. Um, Mm -hmm. Mark Farner's uh, voice follows the instrumentation yeah and that's very similar to what ozzy osbourne does with black sabbath Mm -hmm. um like if you hear i am iron man he he follows the instrumentation Mm -hmm. the way he sings you know later years when you had different singers with black sabbath they weren't the same and Mm -hmm. so you need to listen to him and hear that but farner follows the instruments just like ozzy did or ozzy follows him like farner does it's kind of interesting how on this this whole song he does that but it's it's really interesting the way he does it and it's i think Mm -hmm. it's pretty much only on this song right yeah and the the lyrics on this song are real sad and
1: uh, moany but the music is real upbeat and peppy and so it's it's a little juxtaposition there
0: yeah there there is but but like we said those lyrics they're pretty straightforward about it and it's another good jam song (laughs) i mean it kicks out in a jam from the middle to the end again Mm -hmm. and you know what I like about this album is something that we've talked about on other albums. You don't have songs fading into other songs on this. No, thing. you don't. <laughs> and I generally don't like those song fades. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I really don't. Uh, unless it happens to be an album like Quadrifoglio or something like that that <laughs> follows a plot and they have to fade yeah. in to do whatever. But like sometimes opera, right? yeah, yeah. Sometimes fading is just kind of strange. So I do like that about this album. But <laughs> Winter in My Soul. You know, I, I really like the song, yeah. I like the lyrics on this. They're not, you know, I found the lyrics kind of corny on In Need, but to mm-hmm. me, the mute, you know, the, like, the musicianship he, on it stood yeah. out.
1: Yeah, he he, he sings, uh, um, I think it was earlier on in the song about uh being in a cold room or sleeping in a cold room. And I mean, there's something about wintertime, I don't mind sleeping in a cold room in a warm bed, um. But sleeping in a cold room in a cold bed where you, you're trying to warm up and you just can't, that's miserable. Yeah. So, I totally get what he's saying there.
0: Yeah, maybe his parents didn't have enough to pay for the furnace or something. Could be, yeah. So, yeah, good song. Mm-hmm. A really good, you know, musically too. So, yeah, that moves us to the second song, which not to be confused with Black Sabbath song paranoid this song's called paranoid um another song written and sang by farner um you know this is a very dark and menacing song um yeah. kind of weird even the music is kind of dark and menacing in this mm-hmm. one and it, it's about being followed and watched yeah By someone, but you don't know who and you don't know why. Yeah.
1: Well, and it it starts off like with the radio entry. entry.
0: Yeah, a radio voice, almost like on Wish You Were Here. And then it. That cuts into this air raid siren. Yeah, like an air raid siren, then some kind of wind noise or something, and then it cuts right into that fuzz bass again. Mm -hmm. Comes in heavy, and that. And that fuzz bass, it sounds like an alarm.
1: Beep. Beep. Beep.
0: yeah it's yeah. well it's i think they've got heavy fuzz on it and i think it's got the wah pedal or something yeah. on it too because it, it does that like walk you mm-hmm. know and but it plays lead again yeah. um through much of the song and you know but then in the middle you know it's got excellent guitar work by farner oh, it has got that scream in there yeah yeah it, good guitar solo in the middle and it kicks in with that fuzz bass heavy mm-hmm. again yeah um the one thing I can I can say about this is this song is probably my favorite on the album. I, I would mm-hmm. say my... We'll get to that when we get to the end, but yeah. this song is excellent on the album, but much, much better live. I believe that. Yeah. But,
1: uh, oh, man, this song, like, <laughs> covering paranoia, you know, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Well, um, and I think <laughs> once... what this song feels like. It's,
0: yeah, and I think once again, the lyrics are pretty straightforward on this, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Mark Farner had a problem with someone following him around, or... well, Then he gets, like, really, like, almost existential
1: at the end, where he's like... He, uh, let's see, I wrote it down here. He said, did you ever think it could be you waiting just outside the door? Like maybe you're the one who's creeping on somebody else rather than someone else creeping on you. Um, It's weird. So do you think he's the one creeping?
0: Is that what you're saying?
1: I don't know. I'm wondering, because he's so straightforward about it. Is he thinking, well, am I I making somebody else feel this way? Am I creeping on somebody else? And maybe that's just me internalizing it, because I'm very self-conscious about, am I... Uh, making somebody else feel uncomfortable
0: you see as yeah. as i've documented well and as you know <laughs> i'm not a lyric guy as much as you but you're getting yeah. me into the lyrics trying to figure out what they mean and i think with most of Farners, they're pretty yeah they're very cut and dried aren't they yeah i think they really are i think maybe they get a little you know a little more complex <laughs> in his later albums yeah in their later albums i should say but, but you're right this album sophomore <laughs> a great term for it yeah yeah but but it's definitely, you know, the lyrics aren't the best, but they're great. He's a good singer. Yeah. And the music essentially overrides oh, all that, without but, a doubt. And I'll say that
1: that's really exemplary in their, or exemplified by their outros. I wrote at the end of this song, I said, this band not only loves outros, they married outros and had its children. And that's my thoughts on Paranoid.
0: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I never knew you could have an outros child, but... These guys did. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're in love with outros. So that brings us to the last song of the album, which it's the only one I'm not going to say written by Mark Farner, but it is sang by Mark Farner, and it's actually a cover of Eric Burden the Animals' song uh, called wow. Inside Looking Out. Now, Eric Burden and the Animals, when they released this song, it did have mild success in the U.K. and reached number 12 on the charts. Wow. Um, but when Farner got this song, they actually changed the instrumentation quite a bit on it. And, and Farner added quite a few references to marijuana, you know, talking about mm-hmm. reefer and nickel bags and things <laughs> like right that. Is. Um, it is the longest song on the album, just under 10 minutes. Um, and this song is, number one, been a staple of their live shows mm-hmm. for almost 50 years. and. Yeah. I see why, because to me, this is my favorite song of theirs played live. And this, although sure. is a good album track, mm-hmm. this song, like many, is much more. It, it's good both ways, mm-hmm. but live, I think, because there's Grand Funk is such a jam band in a way, yeah. it just translates to live music better. Mm-hmm. That that's just my opinion. And ten oh, years sure. after is very similar to that. Yeah, you know they translate. To live music and and, you know and i've always thrown the who in there i Mm -hmm. I consider the who probably the greatest live band of all time yeah um but you know as much as i love the who i probably enjoy most of their live stuff better than i do their album cuts Mm -hmm. so even though i love their album cuts but you know grand funk's the same way so you know this this is it's got good singing in it this has got good the musicianship in this is great it's Mm-hmm. i try i try and decipher the lyrics and these are probably the lyrics that are the least straightforward and I guess yeah. that's because they're not written by I'm, Farner. But, yeah <laughs> so yeah I gotta keep that in mind <laughs> because this one makes me think inside looking out you know is this a guy in jail is this a guy that's high is this a guy yeah. you know on lSD trip or something that he's inside himself looking out who knows I you better come on up and get down with me and maybe even grand funk doesn't know what it means you know because they're not the ones that wrote the song, but it's about being locked inside oneself somehow, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know what to say about this song, but musically, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. This
1: this band loves to play. And I I get the feeling that these guys, uh, if they threw a concert and didn't sell a single ticket they'd still go up on stage and they would play just for the janitor or nobody that they, they, they just love and they love jamming.
0: Yeah. That's, what's great about the band, mm-hmm. you know? And, and when you look in the lyrics, like pain and blisters on my mm-hmm. mind and hands, yeah. you know, that's pretty complex lyrically for mm-hmm. something Farner <laughs> would be writing at this point, you know? Yeah, for and, sure. and I, I joke about it because I really enjoy Farner's lyrics. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just not, complex
1: yeah, mr. limousine driver let the groupie
0: into yeah. the back of the car come on but farner does an excellent job singing on this song it's got amazing guitar work in the middle mm-hmm. um keeps a, si- a simple beat in the middle to keep time and then the mm-hmm. the the fuzz bass just keeps hitting boom yeah. boom you know it it's just like
1: keeps... it ends like a firework show yeah That's well what that it sounds like but yeah. the
0: guitar work in this is amazing once mm-hmm. again you know showcasing Farner's work yeah. you know need to go check out all grand funks work especially mm-hmm. live because you know a lot of studio work can be done but those can be overdubbed and things can be done. But when you hear them mm-hmm. live, that's when you really know what kind of guitarists these guys are. Oh, and for sure, he does an amazing job. And, and mm-hmm. I respect power trios like this because you don't have all the extra fill from multiple mm-hmm. instrumentation from other, you know, yeah. band members. Now they did later on mm-hmm. in their career, you know, they moved up to a five piece and yeah. filled it in with a lot of keyboards and things and it i enjoy that as well it's just not as raw you know yeah. as this is and inside looking out damn good song
1: yeah for sure i mean when you talk about getting other filler instruments in there it starts to sound like an orchestra and sometimes it is an orchestra filler. well yeah sometimes it. it is but this when you get the power trio it's uh it's fun to listen to and it you just kind of feel like you're in the garage there with them, kicking back, drinking a beer. That's what this album is. Is This is for uh, listening to to unwind on your drive home, go sit on your front porch, crack open a cold beer, and just you know enjoy some good music.
0: Yeah, I'd certainly like to see him in a stadium, too. But I think I'm going to hold off, till Farner's back with the yeah. band if it ever happens. Yeah, you, you better get back with the band, Mr. Farner,
1: because um, we, we need to come see you live before you die.
0: Or maybe I'll just have to go see Mark Farner solo live. Okay. We'll
1: kidnap him. No, you can't say that on
0: <laughs> <laughs> So let's go to winners and losers on this. Why yeah. don't you tell me and the album review, why don't you tell me your favorite and least favorite songs on the album and what you review the album? You know, um
1: let's see, I gotta look back through the different songs because i'm not all that familiar yet with these guys but i intend on getting familiar with them
0: well you certainly need to give this album some more play on apple spotify things like that because to me this album Mm -hmm. is one that grows on you it did for me it wasn't one of my favorites at first but i really enjoy it now and it's you know a must play for me
1: i think um I'm going to say that for my least favorite, I'm going to go with High Flute and Woman. And I'm not sure that I did that on take one. <laughs> but the more I think about this and like let it uh, stew on my brain, the more I'm thinking that's the song that just doesn't really grab me. And, uh, really, I've got the fewest notes written about that one. So I don't think I was that inspired by that one. Um, the one I like the most, Mr. Limousine Driver is just a fun ride, but um, I think the one that I like the most is going to be
0: Inside out, Looking Out. Yeah, it's it's an excellent yeah. song. So what do you rate the album?
1: Um, out of one to ten, one being horrible and ten being amazing, this is way up there. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a solid eight, possibly even go as high as nine.
0: So we'll call that an 8, and we'll a half call eight from and half. Tyler. Okay. So for me, um, I actually agree with you with my least favorite song, which is mm-hmm. Highfalutin' Woman. And I really like the song, and like I told you, it reminds me of 10 Years After, who is another one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. But I just don't feel like that song, it's too bluesy, and it doesn't seem to fit the hard rock aspect yeah. of this album. Mm-hmm. It, I, I enjoy the song. It's not a skipper for me. In fact, there's no skippers on this album for me i like all of them but Mm -hmm. that's just the song that doesn't seem to work yeah um as well as the others is my favorite song definitely would be inside looking out Mm -hmm. um but just because it's a song that is a cover i won't pick that i will pick paranoid is my favorite song just because Uh it's dark and menacing and i love Mm -hmm. the bass i love the guitar work in it I do um, have a lot of notes written around Paranoid. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an excellent song, yeah. and, and that's probably my favorite song written by them, but my mm-hmm. favorite song on the album truly is Inside Looking Out, but yeah. uh, Paranoid as well. And I rate the, the album a solid nine. It's mm-hmm. a must-listen must for me, yeah. and it'll always be in my playlist one way or another, so it's a great album, and Grand Funk is a great great band that's been robbed as mm-hmm. far as the rock and roll hall of fame oh, however much that means anyways if you like
1: 1970s rock and roll and you like this the everything about the era the the language the sideburns the uh platform boots the, the bell-bottom pants um Put these guys in your collection because you're going to love them.
0: See, and I might have to disagree with you on that a little bit. Um, okay. I, I don't think if you like 1970s, I think if you like jam out rock and roll in general. Yeah, that and, too. And respect, you know, music because this mm-hmm. is this is really you know they're every bit as heavy as black sabbath oh for sure they're just not as dark no you know and other fun these other, guys are light and upbeat in their music yeah, well, yeah and other jam bands of the time like fog hat and mm-hmm. you know the james gang and i'm trying to think traffic mm-hmm. and, and yeah. bands like that these guys are much heavier than those guys and i think mm-hmm. this helped lead to some of the heavier rock yeah. that you get with like judas priest and mm-hmm you know montrose and a lot of those bands like that and so i think they're really important and i think most music people will agree you know and and there's always going to be the group of people that hate the band right Mm -hmm. and the group of the people that support them and that's fine
1: you know you can be one of those critics mm -hmm. but if uh if you punch a clock (laughs) like i do if you're blue collar these guys are your people they they write for you they write for me
0: well, and there's something endearing to me, even on the album tracks, but especially mm-hmm. live. But their album tracks, too, they, they have that live jam feeling like they're not going over it with a fine-tooth fine tooth comb and re-recording things yeah. and, you know, making mm-hmm. them perfect. It sounds raw. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what I like about, mm-hmm. you know, Grand Funk is they're yeah. just a
1: good rock and roll band. Raw, but these guys are talented. And that's what's so good about it is like you want you want to go see somebody who um, it's kind of like the difference between seeing theater uh versus a movie like the movie you're getting the best take (laughs) that uh yeah that the editor was able to piece together from what the director and the actors put up uh, on the film in the first place um but in a theater you got one take (laughs) you don't retake the the scenes over and over again so you're getting live actors that are super talented and they're showcasing that raw talent by going out and putting it on stage doing it live where they can't make mistakes and if they do make mistakes uh, let's see how unnoticeable we can make it exactly and
0: that's what these guys are so that's our review of the grand funk railroad and their red Mm -hmm. album amazing album give it a give it a listen let us know what you think yeah i mean we'd certainly like to know what you think of grand funk mm-hmm. and reach out to us classic vinyl podcast gmail.com we'd certainly like any suggestions good or bad mm-hmm. we'd like suggestions on what albums you would like to hear us review And reach out to us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast. Reach out to us on Twitter at Classic Vinyl Pod. And, you know, unless it's
1: Miley Cyrus, we'll review it. We don't don't do Miley Cyrus. We don't
0: appreciate that. No. We try and stick to the 60s and 70s vinyl era. Mm -hmm. You know, we may go outside a little bit, but not as far as Miley Cyrus. She doesn't
1: belong on vinyl or in vinyl. That's my opinion. Good point. Okay.
0: But until (laughs) next time, thanks for listening. See ya. Thank you so much
1: for listening to Classic Vinyl Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends.